Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Coach the Coach Radio. Brought to you by the Business Radio X Ambassador Program. The no-cost business development strategy for coaches who want to spend more time serving local business clients and less time selling them. Go to brxambassador.com to learn more. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Coach the Coach Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today we have with us Colette Portis with Red Development Group. Welcome, Colette. Thank you, Lee. I'm excited. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Red Development Group. How are you serving folks? So Red Development Group is a global business development firm that really focuses on helping business owners thrive, create their legacy, and determine what they're going to do on on their last day of work for themselves. So we're really focused on driving revenue, building the right team, and then building the right collaborative partnerships that's going to give them longevity. So what's your backstory? How did you get involved in coaching and helping folks in the way you do? Well, Lee, so my story is a little different. I started working for the federal government when I was 14 years old. And through that process, you know, that was way back when Microsoft Office and Microsoft Word was just coming out. And because I was learning it in school, all the old people at my job knew nothing about it. And so it offered a unique opportunity for me to begin coaching them on not just how to use it, but when and why to use it, when it and how and how to implement it into their teams. And one of the things that we did was deploy uh, reservists. So I would work with colonels down to your newest recruit, um, helping them to really learn how to use the tool, how to implement the tools into their daily activity, and then how to, to keep them from, you know, having to take the long way to a through a process when they're out on the battlefield. Now, when you got involved in this kind of work, you were dealing with the kind of people at, at um, disparates, I guess, positions in the company and different places in their uh, career. How did you kind of gravitate to where you are now in terms of who you're coaching and um, and helping kind of people get the most out of themselves and their business? Well, so I come from a family of entrepreneurs, my mom, my dad, both sets of my grandparents, my aunts, my uncles. I didn't even know a time clock existed until I was 27 because at the federal government, there's no time clock. There's an honor system. So um, I just come from this community of business owners and entrepreneurs. But one of the things that I learned um some years ago was that my family was very good at being entrepreneurs. They were very good at selling a product or service for money. They were very good at working for themselves. They made lots of money doing it, but none were that great at building a business. And so at the moment they stopped, so did the business. Um, You know, when my grandfather passed away, so did his business. Although He said that my father was greater at it than he was, but there were no systems and processes and things like that in place. And because I was blessed enough to work for the federal government and then go into corporate America and go through college, 
I had an opportunity to see systems and processes and how they impacted business. And so it gave me a look on both sides. It gave me an opportunity to see what it means to be an entrepreneur, but it also gave me an opportunity to see what it means to become a sustainable, viable business that outlasts its founder. Now, you bring up an important point, and I don't think a lot of entrepreneurs kind of maybe look at things in the manner that you just uh, mentioned. One is making money, and one is having a business. Uh, making money or might be a set of activities you do and that generate money, but having a business means you're creating a machine that generates money. Um, and those things aren't necessarily the same thing. Um, uh, when you're talking to new clients, is that kind of an eye-opening uh, kind of statement? Absolutely. I, in fact, I just finished a coaching session with a client about seven minutes ago and she's a, she has a mobile massage and she's very specialized um, in what she does. And I'm, sa- I'm asking her all of these questions and she's saying, well, I want to expand and I want to hire somebody. I say, well, what do they do when they get there? How do you get them into your, your company? I'm asking all of these questions, but she had no answers to it. And then she said, finally said, okay, so I don't, I don't know what to do. And I said, that's okay, because I do. Um, And so more often than not, our clients come to us in a position where they're making money. They just don't, they know that they need other people to help them. They don't know how to make that happen. Or they have other people that are helping them and their turnover is really high because again, they didn't really know how to make that happen in effective ways that causes their employees or their team members to want to stay and to have some buy-in into their organization um, so that they can help them to reach their goals. And nine times out of 10, it's because the owner's mindset is you're here because I allow you to be here. And so you should be grateful that you have this job as opposed to looking at it from the perspective that in order for me to get to the goal that I have set, I need you here. It's a completely different perspective. Now, when you're working with somebody to maybe uh, mentally move them, maybe a mindset shift in moving them from kind of uh, doing the work of their business rather than kind of building a machine that can work in their absence, uh, what are some of the early steps that they have to be able to do? Is it one like the importance of transferring this knowledge to somebody else and delegating to me are must-haves, not nice-to-haves? Absolutely. But what, before we even get to a place of, of delegating, because we all understand we need to get to a place where we delegate. There's so much work that has to happen before that. What are you even, if even delegating? So she may be a masseuse, And she may hire another masseuse, but does this masseuse do it the way you do it? Do they manage your customers the way you manage your customers? Do they understand your intake process? Do they understand the process um, that you use to communicate with your clients? First is determining what, as the owner and the founder of the organization, what do you seek to achieve with your client base? That has to be the first thing because One, if uh, just using the client who's a masseuse, one, it might just be to give your clients an opportunity to relax. Well, this particular client does what's called lymphatic drainage massage, 
which is what's used to help people recover from plastic surgery. She has a whole different um, goal with her clients. It's to reduce the recovery time, help their body to naturally heal, completely different than somebody who just wants to offer somebody an opportunity to relax. So the, as the owner, as the founder of that organization, as the leader or CEO of that organization, you have to first determine what do you plan to achieve with your client base? And then you can work backwards to determine how we even get to that place. Once you can determine how we're going to get to that place, that's going to reveal to you who you need and what skill sets they need in order to get to that goal. And then, so when you're kind of going through those exercises to help them, um, how long does that process typically take? Is this something that can be done pretty quickly once they're open their mind to it? Or is this something that they got to kind of slowly work on over time? Um, it takes some work over time. It, and it also depends on uh, what kind of service or product they offer. One of the things that we do at Red is we make sure that we narrow our clients down to three main products or services. That's where we're really going to focus. Now, our clients may have 100 products or services that they offer. But we're really going to focus over the next 12 months on just three of them. That doesn't mean they can't sell the others. But that means that everything we are doing is going to point their arrow towards these three things. Because when we do that, now we can build out the processes and the procedures and the steps it takes to get to the goal that we have set using these products or services. So we're breaking it down into very minute, um, <clears throat> by minute goals so that we can get to the bigger overall goal. So we're going to make sure that there's just, just three we're focusing on, we're going to develop out what we need to develop out for that. Because once we do that, those three are going to tell us what the next three are, or whether or not the other 97 are even relevant. Do we need to even do the other 97? Or should we really just focus on these three? Now, when you're working with a client, is it typically the first time that they've had a coach? Or are you working with people who have kind of had coaches throughout their career? Um, it's a it's a combination. So we we're kind of two sided in our business. We do some government contracting, and so typically through the contracts with cities and things like that. Nine times out of ten, we're working with clients who have never had a coach before, or they may have had one coach before. Um, but when we're we're talking about our um, other client base, they've typically had a client a coach before. They may already have two other coaches. Um, and they bring us in as an additional coach. So now what do you see as kind of your competitive advantage from other coaches or coaching uh, systems that are out there? So our competitive advantage is one, we have our, our own proprietary coaching system. Um, that particular system is all about starting with evaluating this business. Oftentimes when you hire a coach, and I'll, I'll, I'll speak for myself, even with the coaches that I currently have, my coaches that I currently have, don't have didn't have a process and don't have a process to evaluate the state of my company before they start working with me. Well, that's an advantage that Red has. The first thing we're going to do is evaluate the state of your company. And the reason for that is as owners, we all believe 
that our company is in one place. But we don't know for absolute sure. So we deploy two assessments that allows us to see exactly where this organization is. One of our clients is the YMCA. Nobody would ever think that the YMCA would need to do this, but they they are in the process right now of being evaluated as an organization to see where they are so that we can now devise a plan to get them to where they wanna be. So we start with um, looking at and evaluating their company devising a plan that will get them to the goals that they have set for their organization. And then lastly, helping them to execute those plans. More often than not, a coaching firm is going to either help you to, they may help you evaluate. Um, they may help you plan, but they're not doing all three, helping you to evaluate, plan, and execute. And we're doing all three of those things. So now when you say execute, that's usually where, uh, people hire consultants, not coaches. So how do you kind of see the difference between a coach and a consultant? Oh, I love this question, Lee. So thank you for asking. So where I see the difference, and I don't know why this disconnect exists, but when we say coach, right, for whatever reason, we never liken a business coach to a sports coach. Nine times out of 10 on a sports team, a sports team doesn't necessarily go hire a consultant to help them play the game. It's the coach's job to help them play the game and win the game. So when we're talking about coaching, we're talking about it in that sense. We're going to evaluate our players, right? We're going to see, because guess what? In this draft, we have to evaluate these players because if I have one really great quarterback do we need to go get another great quarterback if this is the quarterback's second year? We might not. We might need to have a backup quarterback, but we've already got one of them, so we don't need to draft the number one draft pick quarterback, right? Because we already have that. But what we might not have is a really great tight end. So we had to evaluate our team to see what our needs are. And once we see what those needs are, now we can come up with the plays that we're going to use in, in the next season in order to win this championship. Well, the coach doesn't get out of the game at that point. The coach doesn't go, all right, we've got all the plays. I'll see you guys next year. That never, that never happens. What happens is the coach is on the sideline yelling and screaming. The coach is not dribbling the ball. The coach is not um, running touchdowns. The coach is not doing that. The coach is on the sideline, but the coach is in the game. The coach is making calls. But the coach also trusts its players because sometimes the quarterback has to change the play in the middle of the game. The coach may not be able to see what happened that caused the quarterback to do that, but he had to do that. And so that's our role when we're talking about implementation. We don't get out of the game once we create the plays. Now it's time to play the game because the goal is to bring home the championship. And then as part of your assessment, or so you're kind of assessing yourself as well in terms of how effective you were at kind of transferring the knowledge and helping them get to a new level? Absolutely, 100%. One of the things that we do is a lot of times business owners will develop a strategic plan and a business plan. And their strategic plan or their business plan or both are 5, 10, 15, sometimes 20 years out. Well, we will do that, but then we pull all the way back to 12 months. What are we going to do in this next season? 
Because when, again, when you think about sports, which is what I love about sports, because the two worlds compare so much and so well, when you think about sports, nobody's going, you know, Phil Jackson wasn't going, okay, we got to figure out what plays we need to call this year so we can win the championship next year. No, we need to figure out the plays we need to call this season. So we win this season. So we pull our clients way back and we say, okay, in this next 12 months and the next season, what do we absolutely need to do in order to bring home the championship? The championship is hitting all of these goals we have. Well, here's what we also know about sports. We know that if the team's stats aren't at this place within this number of games, what's the real likelihood that they're going to make it to the championship? So they're looking at those stats all the time. We're doing that with our business owners at minimum on a quarterly basis and saying, did you meet this goal on a quarterly basis on the, uh, for the quarter? But our clients every single month send us a monthly report. And that monthly report is showing us, did they meet that goal on a daily basis? Did they meet it on a weekly basis? Did they meet it on a monthly basis? And now we bring all that data together to find out why they missed the mark in the quarter. So we can pivot and make an adjustment in the middle of the game. So the next quarter, we don't miss the mark, but we make up for what we did miss in the first quarter. Right. And if you're not kind of holding yourself accountable and you're not auditing actual results, then, you know, you, you can't really make any moves. Well, and if they're not lead, then they get to pay a fee and buy me a new pair of shoes. <laughs> I have to say none of my clients have bought me shoes yet. Good Lord. So now uh, in your work, where do you kind of get the most joy? Is it from the individual one-on-one coaching? Is it uh, impacting these organizations uh, that can then have the ripple effect throughout the organization? What what gets you fired up? Uh, what gets me fired up is when I hear the stories about how whole families have been impacted and changed because of the work we're doing with an organization. I'll give a perfect example. We have a... Uh, we have what we call She Builders Tribe. And what that means is every year we take on five minority women business owners and they pay not even 75% of the cost to be coached by us. Well, last year, February of 2020, we took on uh, one business owner for three years. She had been in business for three years and for consistently for three years, she had been able to make $250 every single month in her business. And for a business owner to create that kind of consistency, then that's something to celebrate. Well, of course she wants to make more than $250,000, I mean, $250 a month in her business. Well, she ended the year last year, just in 10 months at $110,000. The way that she hadn't seen her brother and her nieces in seven years, just that simple change caused a couple things to happen. One, she's been able to go and visit her brother and her nieces twice. Two, both of her parents got COVID, who live in separate homes. Normally, she would have had to go between those homes to care for those parents. Well, she didn't. She could afford to hire somebody to go in and care for her parents. So when we hear stories like that, where whole generations are being impacted or multiple generations are being impacted in families because of the work that we're doing with them. That's the work we live for. Now, um, what do you need more of? How can we help you? 
Uh, we need more of the business owners that are really struggling, who are afraid, either afraid to ask for help or they don't know how to ask for help, but they're living in a space where they're trying to figure it out because we're entrepreneurs and business owners. We have the, we have the, the, you know, the solution to everything when the, when the truth is we really don't have a solution to everything, but they're living in this space where they're frustrated They're growing, but they're having to turn clients away because they're not doing that properly or they're they, you know, were two million dollar company before. And now they're at four hundred thousand this year because they just don't know how to to jumpstart and reset. Those are the clients that we're looking for. Those we can make a really big impact with. Now, what in your work, you you do one on one coaching, you help organizations uh, with their people. Um, are you doing any certification of helping other coaches kind of get trained in your methodology? We are, Lee, and we're so excited about it. So one of the things that we know about the coaching industry is the average coach makes about $25,000 a year. And the average coach is working only part-time in their firm because they can't afford to work full-time in their firm. And part of the reason for that is they don't necessarily have a curriculum or something like that that will help them to guide their clients. And they don't have tangible results that they can say, we can get this with with our clients. They don't have quantitative data that they can use to prove what they've done. So what we've done is we've rolled out what's called the master coach training. And what we're doing is taking in, and we're doing it for two different reasons, but we're bringing on coaches who have their own firms. We're not looking to make them employees of RED, but we want to certify them and help them to master their skill as a coach. They may be a marketing coach. They may be a sales coach. They may be a life coach, but all of these coaching principles will work in those different areas. So we're going to license our curriculum to them. We're going to contract with them um, so that they can help us serve the clients that we have because we could get a, a government contract that has 250 businesses inside of it. Well, we could pass some of that work on to our certified coaches. Um, so they get a certification, uh, mastermind certification, they get a boot camp certification, and they get a one-on-one masterclass certification all in nine months. And then they become a part of this community that's an international community that supports them in what they do um, and really helps them to not only um, help their clients grow because because they only make 25,000 doesn't mean they're not an effective coach. What it does mean is the business acumen needs to be heightened. And so we're really going to be focused on making sure that they're growing their business as well. So they personally get me as their business coach as well. So I'm coaching them to help them to build and grow their coaching firm. And then my team and I are helping them to master the coaching industry so that they can really help businesses succeed. Now, if somebody wants to learn more about that program or any of your programs, is there a website? Absolutely. They can always go to reddevelopmentgroup.com. They can also go to redwomen.win. Um, to find out what we've got going on, they can reach out to me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook, any of those places, and we will be more than happy to have a conversation. Well, Colette, congratulations on all the success. You're doing such important work, and we appreciate you. 
Thank you, Lee. And you guys are doing great work too. I love listening to who you, the, the people you're talking to. Well, thank you. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time on Coach the Coach Radio. 